0: Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to That's Hockey Talk, our first episode after the restart of actual live hockey. A couple exhibition games yesterday. Uh, big game for the Penguins? Not really. I mean, not really. They lose 3-2 in overtime to the Flyers after jumping out to an early. Connor Sherry with the first goal restart, and it was a beauty. Absolute rip top shelf. Uh, AQ, how did you feel about the game? Felt like, uh, to me, uh, great pace to start and then about – after about the first ten minutes, things seemed to really drop off. But I felt like uh, the pace to start was good. I felt like the TV presentation was awesome. It was good to see the guys back out there and in shape. Uh, and then even though they kind of let off the gas a little bit, it was awesome to watch hockey on TV again.
1: I agree. I think they did a heck of a job, man. I mean, I it, it's obviously good to see hockey back. But the one the one thing that I thoroughly um, enjoyed was the different camera angles. I, I really did enjoy that. You see some different things from up above. You see some. I thought they did a great job with the crowd noise. Uh, the game was sloppy, but that was to be expected. I think you're going to see that kind of earlier across the league, unless uh, you're Toronto or Edmonton, you just come out fucking slinging pucks at the net like they did last night. But, um, you know, other than that, I think, I think this was a good start for the NHL, and I think it's a good look for them as well.
0: Yeah, we're recording this mid-afternoon in, uh, during day two of the exhibition games here, and I just got done watching some of the Lightning Florida Panthers game, and uh, you were talking about sleepwalking. The Lightning looked like <laughs> – yeah, the Lightning just – beat the Panthers like a drum and slept walk through it to very casual uh, 5 nothing. Got, got a good scrap in there too. Big tilt. Brian Boyle and Sergeyev uh, threw some fists a little bit. Uh, interesting move. Th- fighting in a meaningless exhibition game during the pandemic. I mean, I, I get it. They're in the bubble and they're safe, but still. Uh, and it's uh, like, let's go into the TV presentation. You mentioned it, a couple different camera angles. Not quite the Sky Cam, but I guess they have this robotic arm that they've attached to the bottom of the Jumbotron, and it's got like a 50 foot swing radius on it that can kind of follow up and down the ice. Um, I love the crowd noise. I felt, I didn't think they overdid it. it, it only You only really noticed it when uh, a team scored. And I did hear uh, when uh, I think it was on the Flyers took a penalty, there was some booing going on that they pumped in a little bit, make the rest feel right at home. Uh, was there anything you missed or 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 just kind of didn't expect to see or thought you would see and didn't see because what I've been told and what I've read is that the NHL only used about ten ten to fifteen percent of their uh, TV presentation. They didn't want to bust they didn't want to waste all the tricks. they want to bring all the tricks out of the bag for these exhibition games. They're saving the big stuff for Saturday allegedly.
1: well, that's interesting to hear. I mean, I think uh, I think it'll be awesome once we see like the whole presentation because I mean, I was thoroughly impressed I mean it, if, you know, you're, we're talking about the first game back, um, you know, we're watching it, and it felt like a real game. I mean, yeah, you miss the fans, you notice it because you see the banners and whatnot, but at the end of the day, I thought the noise was solid, I thought it was synced well. I mean, like, within a second after Shiri's goal, you hear, like, the crowd cheering, like, as if it's, like, a Penguins home game. So I thought they did a heck of a job. You know what it sounded um, like? You
0: know what it felt like? It felt like an international game like a world championship game or an Olympic game where like the fans aren't necessarily diehard home team fans of, of either country. They're, they're typically just people there to watch a hockey game. They're not really cheering super hard for one team or the other. So like you got the eruptions when there was a goal scored, but like during play, there wasn't the typical chance or anything like that. That's what it felt like.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think what one cool thing is, and especially you being, you know, a hockey guy and me enjoying the heck out of watching hockey, I think for the people that maybe aren't your, Everyday hockey fans now you turn it on and you get to see this different presentation than you normally would I think the cool thing for them. I don't think people realize like how fast and how hard they skate here in the ice hearing yeah. all the different sounds of the game. I think that's pretty cool, especially Obviously for us, but I think it's even it can be even cooler for people who maybe aren't your average hockey fan to tune in and get to hear those noises
0: and I know they're doing the five-second delay, so you're not going to get a whole lot of hot mic moments. But I wish they'd turn up the mic uh, near the ice a little bit because you can hear the guys yelling, and it still sounds like a regular broadcast, though. So you can't really make out what they're saying. Like I want to hear the, I want to hear the like chip it up, reverse, reverse over here, wide, wide, wide. I want to hear that stuff, the on-ice communication. But I guess it still even does kind of get drowned out by literally the skates shredding the ice. That was the most. Uh, that was the most noticeable sound to me and it didn't feel out of place it felt like very much like watching a regular live broadcast game it I was guess, almost like
1: watching like the the, the winter series games right yes, like that, that's kind of what it felt like
0: to a me. winter classic game yeah an outdoor game yeah. it, it it didn't really make me miss live fans whatsoever and uh, i thought they did a great job with that i'm excited to see what the rest of that 80 to 90 percent is that they bust out i hope they don't do too much because like we were just talking about i think they got the crowd always right i don't think you need more of it i think they just i think they had it perfectly there so i'll be interested to see how that plays out uh as for the actual performance at least from the first game because i know you watched that intently how did you feel about the Pens flyers game uh, i'm sure you're gonna have some comments on the goaltending
1: So the first thing i'll bring up I can't stand Murray. We've all known that I've been uh, a big critic of his throughout this whole process, and it only proved true again last night. I mean, it just—he just looked fucking methodical out there. He's not seeing the puck. He's uh, in the the, the playing overtime. It's like he's he's anticipating it going across. Gives up the whole top left side on the side that he's coming from. It's just like, what like what are we doing here? And 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 Jari, I thought for the most part looked fairly sharp. And you, you go back and you put murray back in an overtime or the play and and so it's clearly pointing that murray's going to be the opening in this first series or whatever but i mean at the end of the day it's like you would have hoped like i think we talked about the other day you would hope that this time off would have gotten his head right maybe he comes back like on fire he looked the same old murray he looked the same murray that he looked back in december and he looked and he certainly looked the same murray that i fucking saw in the intra-squad scrimmage the other day
0: yeah not good and again just play devil's advocate This game didn't mean anything. So yeah, you would have liked to come see him come out there and just pitch a shutout if you're a Penguins fan, but ultimately it didn't mean anything. He might be one of those guys where when the lights come on and when it's actual game time, when it's actual time to go and the games mean something, that might be the flip of the switch that he needs. But I will agree with you, watching that did not inspire any confidence with his performance. I think it was two goals on 12 shots, and he just didn't look solid. Meanwhile, Jari looked much more comfortable, much more smooth, much more fluid. And the Flyers, uh, they they can score. They got some offense. Uh, I was particularly impressed with Kevin Hayes, who kind of... Looked incredible. Yeah. and And I don't know if this is his usual game, but he was definitely able to attack off the counter. You know, he was good in his own end, and then they got a lot of opportunities coming back the other way. Gino obviously, with a horrible giveaway in in the Penguins end to set up the second goal for the Flyers. Uh, I was impressed by what I saw from the Flyers. Again, you know, these guys are moving like half speed. That was not the pace we're going to see or hope to see come Saturday. So I wasn't too shocked or too alarmed. You know, get it all out of the way now. Let's work out the kinks now. But in a five-game series, if you start slow or you start flat, you could really put yourself behind the eight ball. Luckily, for the Penguins, I was not too worried because I watched the following game where Toronto played Montreal, and Montreal looked all... Montreal did not belong on the same ice as Toronto. And we know Toronto is high-powered offense, but uh, they're not exactly a cup favorite coming into this. So... I I was I was at least taken aback there. Like okay, again, this is a quick reminder here. This is Montreal. They were 15 points behind Pittsburgh when the season paused. They, there's a reason they're this far down the ladder. I mean, they couldn't even they couldn't even find the ice. Carey Price took takes them this way, he takes them right, he takes them left, stumbling, bumbling through the goddamn arena. But I guess they were the weird thing was they were in Toronto's home locker room. And Toronto even though they are technically the home team in the bubble they were dressing in the visitor locker room So that had to be a little weird for the guys to get used to
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think just to play a little counter on what you said, you know being that it's an exhibition game I will say this man I know for as long as I've played training camp by the second week start to become a you're sick of going against your yep. own guys and I think I, w- I would have liked to have seen more speed. I would have liked to have seen more fire. I would have liked to have seen I think they were obviously being a little tentative and just kind of trying to get their sea legs out from underneath them. Yep.
0: But,
1: you know, at the end of the day, I know one thing. Like, when that first preseason game is, and I know I'm only getting a series as a starter, I'm coming out fucking guns blazing. And, you know, I think you saw that from some guys. I thought Jake Gensel looked fantastic in his return. Oh, yeah. It was good to see him kind of firing off the thing and great pass to set up the opening goal. And, I mean, he was he was skating up and down the ice. But I think some of the other guys, I think, they like you said, I mean, it looked like some sleepwalking going on and knowing that there's only one exhibition game you would have thought that these guys would have come out especially Pittsburgh Philly and it's like i mean high end rivalry like let's get this thing rolling i would have liked to have seen kind of you know a little faster pace a little bit more kind of what we're going to see come hopefully august 1st
0: well especially for like the flyers too where they're playing in that uh, round robin round to determine seeding where no no losers going home so yeah those those games are super important because you want to get the highest seed possible because of the reseed after every round but they're not in a winner or a loser go losing go home situation so you know they're not going full pedal to the metal yet either though but i was impressed by what i saw from the flyers especially their goaltending too. brian elliott who uh is notoriously just letting beach balls blow right by him he looked pretty solid too and again we'll preface it it's all just exhibition game the guys aren't trying super hard uh toronto Man, hot start. They impressed me. First 30 seconds, they score with Tavares setting up uh, Mikheyev. He comes back from the injury just like Gensel. He missed some time, so it it looked good to see him back out there. Uh, Connor McDavid in the late game. I just caught highlights. I I didn't get a chance to stay up and watch it, but I caught highlights this morning. He looked like he was moving at about quarter speed. He's still blown by Noah Hannafin and and just easily, easily putting the puck in the net, looking like he's playing at a beer league game out there. That was a mind-blowing. Looking
1: looking this way going five-fold
0: yeah he's skating backwards strolling taking his good old time and then he gets another easy power play goal with a dish and I'm not taking anything away from him just impressive to be able to move at a quarter speed and still look still look 200 times faster than anyone else out there on the ice uh a lot of other games going on today these will all be over by the time this comes out but colorado minnesota carolina washington uh st louis chicago islanders and rangers in vancouver and winnipeg all these exhibition games left to play guys getting their legs under them and then uh i think they're off friday and then we're getting the real thing baby on saturday now of course saturday is going to be pat's wedding congrats to him and sam so you and i will be there tied up during that so we're not going to get to watch all these games live i know we're going to try and set. what do you up mean time. we're not going to well, watch it we're, we're not going to watch yeah we're going to set up a phone we're going to get to watch the pens right. game but i don't think we're going to to watch every single game that we want to live right. so we well, yeah, don't worry we'll be able to watch pens in montreal square right. off at 8 p.m we might
1: even find a. we might even bring in a screen for that i'm thinking
0: i've been pushing to try and commandeer a projector and a big screen and throw it up there i don't think sam's gonna enjoy it and uh you know, it's it's always don't cross hey, the box. There's here. been a
1: time or two where I've done things in the past where maybe she didn't enjoy what I did. I I'm not going to be the one. Be my, this, this
0: can be you. You can own this. I'm not going to be the one to to try and pull this. <laughs> maybe off I do this. Yeah,
1: and order pizzas
0: at the same time. You are diabolical when it comes to this shit. So I'm going to leave this all on you. And if it happens, I was like, that was AQ's idea. I'm just. I'm just watching. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm just benefiting. I didn't set it up. And then Thursday, we got three more exhibition games. Uh, the Predators and Stars, Bruins in Columbus, and Vegas in Arizona. Arizona in an interesting situation with their GM, John Chica. So I don't know how much you know about this guy, but he was the youngest GM, I think, in professional sports, definitely in the NHL when he was hired to come in. At 26 years old, he took over and became GM of the Coyotes because he was huge on the analytics forefront. Now, this past season, uh, Coyotes were flirting with the playoffs. Things haven't quite gone the way they anticipated when they hired this guy a couple years ago. He's made some moves. He brings in Phil Castle, brings in Taylor Hall, but uh, it hasn't quite been the the rocket ship that everyone anticipated, I think, when they hired him. So apparently, somewhere along the line, he gets offered a gig with another team or organization. It wasn't going to be a GM of another hockey group. There are a lot of rumors floating around that he was going to be basically the head of analytics for uh, an ownership group that owned multiple franchises in different sports. And they were going to kind of pay him and make him the guy. And part of that would have been the Devils, and he would have helped out with the New Jersey Devils. So he accepted the offer, allegedly and then uh, went back to the Coyotes' ownership, and they got into a little bit of tussle, and now it sounds like he's out. We know he's not going to the bubble with the team. Steve Sullivan, the former player, former Penguin shot, Steve Sullivan, uh, the assistant GM has taken over on an interim basis. He's gonna head the Coyotes through these turbulent waters here. We don't know what's gonna happen with the league. I know Gary Bettman's gonna step in here when he gets some time and kinda, and kinda help uh, intervene and figure out what the hell's going on. Why is it always a shit show in arizona what is their deal they finally got good ownership they have they they have an arena even though it's not the one they want i think they want to be closer to the city but what's going on
1: i don't know it's a great question i mean it's maybe this guy's analytics told him they'll have a better shot if he just gets the fuck out of it (laughs) i think that's i think that's kind of what we're seeing you know i'm not a huge proponent of analytics sorry um maybe this is better for the team. I mean, honestly, some of the moves that they've made based on analytics haven't really been the best moves for that team. You know, I think they thought they would get more out of Castle, more out of Taylor Hall, like you said. And, you know, they've, they've, do you they think, were challengers last year. Do you think you know, that's it, or do you think like they're I, in the same position as they were last year? They're right there. They just can't get over that hump.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think their division is super tough, and I don't think they have the resources. Uh, you know, they're they're a budget team. They're not. They don't spend to the cap. I just don't know if they have the resources to compete in that division now. So allegedly, with Seattle coming in, there's talks that uh, Arizona's going to slide over the Central, which it doesn't make it any easier. But you no. know, maybe some maybe facing some new opponents, fresh blood teams they don't see as regularly as their normal division opponents will mix things up and change for for the better for them. Or you look at relocating them. But I don't think they're going to move that Arizona team because Arizona is such a large TV market in the United States. And I think that's very important to the NHL. And I think they see that as a failure to move the team. I think if any team in that league is going to move, I think it would be the Florida Panthers. Uh, they just don't, I mean, they've been there for years. They've had some up and down times, not a lot of success, but even when they do have success, they don't seem to move the needle much there. Um, the other thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, we're, we're keeping it quick today because these are all just exhibition games. We're, we're looking forward to the action on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Vegas it's been reported. They don't know who they're going to start. Does this surprise you at all? Like I know they bring in Lanner, uh, but it seemed like I always thought Flory was the guy. I didn't think there were any questions there, but there's talk that both Leonard and Flory are going to alternate, if not every game, then every two games in the qualifying round, and then they'll pick a starter moving forward if they make it out, but we assume they will. They're the heavy favorite. Uh, does that surprise you at all?
1: I think it's a huge surprise. I mean, you. you I mean, I've been to Vegas. I mean, I live a 40-minute 40, 40 plane ride away, and I go there, and literally his face is plastered all over that. He's city. the guy. That. He, he is, is, he is the, he's the guy. He's the face of that franchise, and, uh he hasn't done anything to prove otherwise on the ice. I mean, the guy has showed up. I mean, yeah, like he had like a little stretch I think this year where he struggled a little bit and I think he was a little banged up maybe, but for the most part, like I mean, his save percentage, his win percentage is through the fucking roof. I mean, he took him to the Stanley Cup in his first year there. It's like, what more do you want from this guy? And I understand Robin Leonard's, you know, a heck of a, a heck of a goalie. I get that. I thought that was a strange move when they made the move in the first place, but here we are. I don't think there should be any type of controversy. So I think it's I think it's a huge surprise to me. I think it's a huge surprise to you. I think it's a huge surprise to everybody.
0: It was a huge surprise. And now Flurry's number this year, 905 save percentage. Not great, but the team struggled best. early and I don't think it was his fault. That team is loaded with talent and they were projected to do much better. You know, they end up firing the coach, make a coaching change and things kind of rebounded a little bit down the road. After that, they started to become that that upper echelon team in the league again. And then let me look up Lander's numbers real quick. Uh, it, it was interesting, you know, him his career up and down situation, he comes over from Chicago where he kind of rebounded and looked like he might have found a home there but they say no we're going to go with cory crawford and then laner comes in this season and i mean he played well he played very well for uh vegas only a handful of games i think he was in three games and he posted a 940 save percentage so obviously super small sample size but that's a talented guy and that's a good problem to have is two good experienced playoff proven goalies going into the playoffs here um I would not be shocked to see mark have to split time because he's done it before and he's been fine with it and he's not a guy who's gonna raise a stink about it I, I, flurry I would assume would be the guy going in and then uh, I'm a huge huge fan and proponent of ride the hot hand so if you if you're gonna go this route and you're gonna play them two games and then you're gonna give Leonard two games if Leonard just stands on his head and plays unbelievable I think you got to go Leonard and see what he's got
1: I, yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm 100% with you. I mean, we've seen that in Pittsburgh over the years. You know, I mean, they, they go with two, and then they ride the hot hand. But one thing I think we'll both agree on here is having someone on his back kind of to look over he his shoulder always only plays makes better. Mark andre Fleury a better goal.
0: Every time. Every, Every time. time. Except so for So I think, I think that's going to be an incredible thing to
1: watch. Hopefully he handles it the same way he did in Pittsburgh, and, and you know, it, it, it'll be fun to watch.
0: Yep. All right. uh, Thank you, AQ. I know you're busy. I can hear the kids crying in the back there. I know you got to go be super dad, girl, dad. Uh, We want to keep it quick today. Uh, we're going to get out of here and then we'll look forward to these games this weekend. Action next week. We'll come back to you with an episode or two next week. Kind of recap the the meat of the qualifying round and talk about some of those round robin games when we get into the action. Uh, appreciate everyone for rocking with us. Go to the store, uh, store.patmcfish.com. Check us out. A couple clips we'll post on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the Pat Show and follow us on Twitter at That's Hockey Talk. We'll be posting clips from the games uh, all week and weekend. Uh, thanks for rocking with us.
1: Cheers. That's Hockey Talk.